0: Turn with me, please, to the book of 1 Samuel 2. 1 Samuel 2. Let's release faith. How many believe the Lord can speak to you tonight? Yeah. Actually, he already has been. He speak to us further. And his words are powerful. When he tells you something... It's not just for information's sake. You'll never hear this out of God. I'm just saying. (laughs) You ought not say that either. You're made in His likeness and image. What does that mean, I'm just saying? It means it doesn't mean anything. I'm just running my mouth. We're not supposed to be that way. We are speaking spirits. All the other Creations, the creatures on the earth, have you noticed none of them can talk? We are not just an evolved animal. We are spirit beings created in the likeness and image of God. He is the father of spirits and he is the speaking spirit. Everything that exists according to the Bible, came into existence because God said. He said something. He spoke and it was. Hallelujah. And so when he speaks to you, is that just information that you log in your mental library? Or do all his words carry power? And are all his words incorruptible seed that'll get in you and put roots down and produce fruit up. His words are empowerment. If you couldn't do it before he told you to do it, after he told you to do it, you can do it because when he told you to do it, it empowered you to do it. Come on, can you see this? When the storm Kicked up on the uh, sea. And they saw the disciples in the boat. Saw Jesus walking on the water. Peter cried out. Lord if that's you. Tell me to come. At this moment. Can Peter walk on the water. Actually no. But what changed all that. Jesus said. Come. Come. (laughs) Now he can. I said, now he can. Yes. Now he can. It doesn't matter about the laws of gravity and how dense air is versus water and how much he weighs and, and displacement. None of that is a limiting factor because he's been empowered because God spoke to him. Yes. Yes. Amen. You and I can be in situations where we are unable. Don't know how. Don't know where to start. Don't know how to go. All you need is to hear from him. Amen. I said all you need. Amen. Is to hear from him about that thing. That's right. And the moment we hear from him. Now we can. Amen. Now we can. Amen. His word is empowerment. His word is enablement. Hallelujah. Did you find uh, 1 Samuel 2? 1 Samuel 2. A few weeks ago, I began a single message (laughs) that turned into more, talking about great value, and uh, this has been our text, and we have, uh, we ministered on this over the years numerous times, but we'll review just a little bit and go further tonight. First Samuel 2, 2 and 30. The uh Eli, who was high priest and his sons, had not been treating God's things properly, had been abusing their position and place. And the Lord warned them, and they did not change. And then he said, The Lord God of Israel said, I said, talking to Eli that your house and the house of your father should walk before me forever but now the Lord says be it far from me for them that honor me I will honor and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed said out loud quoting the Lord them that honor me I will honor and they that despise me shall be Lightly esteemed. How many believe this? You believe this? It is the truth. Who does God honor? Not everyone. Right? Who does he honor? Those who honor him. Those that despise him, which is the opposite of honoring. They shall be despised or lightly esteemed, which is another way of saying despised. Now, notice something changed that was the plan of God for Eli and his house. This is a sobering thought. The Lord said that Eli's house, the house of your father, should walk before him for how long? Forever. Forever. Perpetually. That the priesthood would stay with him and And his sons after him, and their sons after them, and their sons after them. But notice the next word, but now the Lord says, be it far from me. So something changed. Something that was theirs from the Lord, Uh that should have been theirs and to their children after them, they lost. Didn't they? They They lost. And it wasn't God who changed, it was them. His will didn't change. His plan didn't change, but they disqualified themselves from it by failing to honor and value his things. You know, we don't want to become over familiar with the things of God and stop appreciating our opportunities. How many think you ought to thank God it ought to be a big deal every time you can open this Bible and read some words out of here? Come on, do you believe that? None of this, do I have to read this chapter today? No, you get to. Take another breath. Hi! thank God. Amen. Look at the sunshine. Realize you got another day. Come on listening. Amen. Thank Come on. God. Come on. Realize you really, really need what this word can put inside you and help you today. That's right. And you got awareness of mind. Maybe you got something that's not working, but you got a bunch of things that are working. Amen. Come on. And if you're able to hear it or see it Amen. or understand it or say it yeah. and feed on it, it's something to be thankful for. Amen. Amen. every time you you have an opportunity to pray and know that God will hear you every time you got an opportunity to come to church Hmm? Uh I was looking at a group in another country here a while back and a good good strong group of believers in a country where it's not well it's, it's not legal for them to get together and they were going big and strong and uh, the government clamped down on them and told the owners of the property they were leasing from they couldn't meet there anymore and they put them in the street just like that. They don't have a building anymore to meet in. Well, they didn't quit. Amen. They meet in the rain. They meet in the cold. How many know the Lord's going to take care of them? They'll, they'll be fine. But how many think we ought to be thankful waltzing here to a paid far place? Is there, Right? Yeah. The government don't own it. We don't have a landlord. Amen. Oh, that makes me want to run the aisle right, right now. We don't have a landlord. We don't even have a rent payment. We don't have a payment of any kind. Clear title. And we can preach. You know, I don't have to submit my messages. To somebody to tell me if I can preach it or not. Not to government. Not a denomination. We got freedom, brother and sister. We, we're blessed. It's a privilege. To have what we have. Be able to do what we're doing. To be able to have a service. See, there's a lot of folks that should be with us here tonight. are in Branson. They could, and they should. You know why they're not? They don't value it enough. It's not important enough to them. They'd rather watch Wheel of Fortune or, or eat a sandwich. Or, is that right? <laughs> and I'm not knocking that, but you don't have to do it every night. Right? <laughs> why is church time? Or Sunday morning. Why is that the only time you can play golf? Right. Why is that the only time you can go fishing? Right. If you believe God, you could get so blessed where you could fish in the middle of the week. That's right. Is that right? You could, That's right? right? You, could, you, could, you get so blessed, you could do things differently. You could get free. Right. But who's God going to honor with that kind of freedom and those kind of resources? Those that honor him. Only those... That honor him. Now, look with me, please, over in the book of Matthew, the 10th chapter. Matthew 10. And we begin to get into something the Lord put in my heart from the beginning. And I foolishly thought I could get through it in one session. <laughs> Here we are on number four, and we're just getting into it. But like always, how many will understand this is just going to go on forever? you think you know something about and you're going to find out he's bigger than that. Is that right? How many think a million years from now we will have found out a lot more about him but then what will we find out? He's bigger than that. He's bigger than that. He's bigger than that. Well, uh, Matthew 10, Jesus said this. Matthew 10 and 13. Well, back up to about verse 12. When you come to a house, salute it. And uh, if you read other accounts of this, you'll see that he included the idea of saying, Peace be to you, to this house. Verse 13, if the house be worthy. Now, what's the qualifying criteria. It has to do with worth, with value. If the house be worthy, what will happen? Let your peace come upon it. But if it be not worthy, let your peace do what? Return to you. Verse 14, and whoever shall not receive you nor hear your words when you depart out of that house or city. Beg them to receive it. Say, please. (laughs) Please listen to me. Huh? You know, we have not done what the scripture has told us to do in some of these things. And it has misrepresented the Lord. The Bible said, don't cast your pearls before swine. Don't give that which is holy to the dogs. What does that mean? Don't give precious things to people that don't value them. It's what he's talking about. And that's what this is talking about right here. If you say peace be to you and to your house, will they automatically receive it? Will it automatically come on them and benefit them? No. No what determines whether it comes on them and benefits them or whether it doesn't even stay on them, it just comes right back on you? What determines that? Well, exactly what they esteem it to be. Now, that's something I had several people catch me over uh, Celebration Sunday and tell me, Brother Keith, since you started saying uh, in the offering, "Be blessed, be fruitful, increase," man, my finances have changed. This has happened. This is—I happen. must have heard that 25 times, and I've heard it around here too. Why? Well, you won't necessarily hear it from every mouth. Why? <laughs> what if you say? Who does he think he is? <laughs> Thinking he's going to bless me. <laughs> come on. Come on. Well, then what would that blessing do? What will it do? It'll go Bang. like this. Hey, <laughs> it won't stay on them. It won't come on them. That's right. Why? Because they don't value it. They don't esteem it. Yeah. It's not important. They... But the person that goes, I know when I was uh, uh, out of the country last time a few months ago, man, there was some folk caught us at the truck and tears in their eyes. Would you bless me? Would you bless me? Man, they hit their knees and they went, would you bless me? And yet I've had other folks that you say, uh, bless you. And they go, I am, thank you. (laughs) I said, what's wrong with that? A lot. You're missing out. Yes. I didn't say you weren't blessed, but you won't take any more? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah Come on. <laughs> huh? That's right. Give me more. See, there's a, this intellectual stuff has gotten in the way of the reality. Yeah. Uh-huh. People think they know something, and that's pride. Yeah. It is. And you'll find that honor and humility go hand in hand. Yeah. If you're going to show honor, you're going to acknowledge that something's greater than yourself, you're going to have to humble yourself before it. Now you get error on the other side of the road and people going around got saved two weeks ago trying to bestow apostolic anointing on everybody they meet. And that's not right either because the Bible said the less is blessed of the greater. not talking about better intrinsically it's talking about stronger greater call greater anointing and I don't want just anybody and everybody speaking over me or touching me you shouldn't either a lot of people they got no access in your life they got no right they got no place over you in the things of God they just imagine themselves to be something important And you've got to discern that in your own heart and mind. But it doesn't do away with the real. And when an elder in your life speaks something over you in faith, you need to be happy about it. And you need to be thankful about it. And if you do, it makes all the difference into whether it comes on you or it doesn't. Do you believe this, saints? Are these things real? They are. They are. Look with me in Mark the 4th uh, chapter. Mark chapter 4 and 24. You see this same principle. And we're tying into something that's not widely understood. What you value shows your worth. If you think lying And stealing and dirty jokes is the greatest thing around. What does that say about you? If that's what you value, if you saw somebody that were able to deceive somebody else and were real slick and and stolen, you think, man, that's the thing right there. Well, that's what you are. That's what you are. So whatever it is you value, whatever is precious to you, that shows your heart where your treasure is, that's where your heart is, too, also. And uh, everybody on the planet is getting opportunities. They're getting some exposure to the things of God. And granted, there are some dark places on the planet where there's not a lot of light, but the Lord will see to it there's something And even if it's the darkest place, if that person, when they see that, if they will value it, you know what's going to happen next? He's going to give them some more. And if they'll follow him, he will lead them out of centuries of tradition and darkness and false religion into full born again. Hallelujah. filled with the spirit. He'll bring them as far as they want to go with him. You and I are living testimonies. We came out of different degrees of darkness, but none of us were okay before we came to Jesus. (laughs) Not even almost okay. But how far you go is connected to how much you value. How much you value. I know uh, some years ago, I was just thanking the Lord for the privilege. We were in another great meeting heard and experienced some of the great things of God and I was just thanking God after the service thinking Lord Phyllis and I have been in some of the best meetings and we've heard some of the best teaching and preaching and praying and prophesying and we've been in, in my opinion just some of the best on the planet that's ever been and I'm realizing there are also people on the planet that have never heard even one good faith message. Yeah. That's right. Not even one good healing message. Yeah. Or one good message or teaching on prosperity or, or being filled with the Spirit. Not, not even one. And I thought, Lord, we've heard, I guess by now, thousands of some of the very best there is. How does, how does that work? Why us? I mean, we're just two little country people, didn't know anybody. And why us instead of some of these other of the billions on the planet? Why us? Why have we had opportunity to be in these meetings, to even be around some of your, in my opinion, generals right. and fellowship personally? And why, why us? And the Lord, not that day, but a few days later, the Lord spoke to me about it. I don't mean I heard a voice, but inside me. He took me back just like that. I, I relived it. Some of the very first tapes, not CDs, <laughs> that Phyllis and I got a hold of back when we lived in uh, Laurel Hill, Mississippi, in our little mobile home, in the... Um, Marriott mobile home and now they make some nice modular homes now and ours wasn't one of them <laughs> with the plastic couch and the <laughs> red shag carpet that wasn't nice when it was new and uh, anyway but we were we were happy to have something and and we listened to these tapes and we thought it's the greatest thing we'd ever heard in our life. We thought, glory to God. We've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Yeah. Yeah. And we found out God didn't want us sick and broke and defeated and depressed. Mm-hmm. It was like almost too good to believe. But you thought, well, there it is. There it is. There it is. We got so excited. And, and we just began to feed on it on a regular basis, everything we could get a hold of. And I, I took it to some of my friends, our close friends that we fellowship with, and I said, man, you got to see this. you got to hear this. We've been redeemed from the curse of the law. I saw them a couple of days later. I said, well, what do you think? They said, well, I haven't got around to it yet. I said, what? Get around to it. Get around to it tonight. And so I saw them again, again a couple of days, and I said, well, what about it? What about it? They said, I'll well, listen to part of it. Part of it? Well, what about it? I don't know about all that. And the Lord showed me that that then at that time, some 30 years later, our life is totally different than I ever imagined it would be back then. And when I say different, I mean better, different. And some of those folks, life hadn't changed very much since the way it was 30 years ago. And the Lord dealt with me. He said this this to me when I asked him why have we had so much? He said, I knew you would value it. I knew you would value it. It's why he kept giving us more. Kept giving us more. Kept giving us more. Is that scripture? Is that what the Lord said? Look at this. Jesus said, take heed what you hear. For with what measure you meet it shall be measured to you and unto you that hear shall what? What will happen? What will happen? What will happen? More will be given. Do you know that's happening right now? Right now. What you get tomorrow, the next day, next week is being affected by how you hear this right now. Now what if you couldn't have even been bothered to come? Well, you're not going to get more. You're not, until that changes, you're not going to get more. And that's why people's lives become so stagnant. And people get into these lulls and these ruts where they go for a year and two and five and ten and don't grow at all. And actually lose ground. And then they, they get so dissatisfied with their life and go, man, I'm just, I just don't feel like I'm doing anything. Why? Because you're not. I just feel like there's more. You know why? Because there is. But you know who's going to get it? Not the people who can't be bothered to drive across a block to honor some word. Amen. Not to people who haven't got time to pray a prayer or yeah. read a chapter. Come on, are you listening? Yeah, right. You don't have time for him. You don't, have time you. <laughs> you don't honor him. You don't honor you. He's not going to be able to honor you. That's right. And isn't that despising those things when you're like, yeah, I know it's over there, but I, I don't want to go get it tonight. I know it's I know that's there, but you know. Well, you're not going to get more. You don't qualify. I want to qualify for even more. How about you? I want to qualify for a lot more. Oh, I, 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 do I have anybody with me? I, I didn't. I didn't feel you very much on that one right there. I want to qualify. I'm thankful for where we are. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. But I know God is such a big God. There is so much more. There's so much more. Both in this life and in the next. And so many people think they're waiting on God. They think one of these days God's going to come zap me and, and jerk me up and catapult me into the... Ether, glory, but that's not how it works. That's not how it works. You know who's going to get more? The person who is wired about what they have right now. The person who's doing everything they can do with what they... That's the person who's going to get more. Not the person who's not even involved. Now here is... Something that the world is... You hear a lot about it in politics nowadays. It's always been this way. People think that to be entirely fair, everything should be equally divided. And if we had a perfect society that we would just take all the resources and opportunities and we would just evenly divvy everything up and that if God was really in charge, that's what he would do too. But that's not true. I said it's not true. It's not fair and right to divide up everything and every opportunity evenly and equally. That's not fair. Do you know what's fair? That the person who values it more. Gets more of it. That's what's fair. According to God. That's how he sees. (laughs) You don't have to take my word for it. Can you read scriptures? What did he say? Verse 25. Matthew. Mark rather. 425. He that has. What will happen with him? Didn't say the one that doesn't have. That's right. What does it say? It to him that has. Now you got to put the whole thing together. What does it mean to him that has? He started out by talking about take heed what you hear, and if you put the other scriptures, it talks about how you hear it with the measure you meet to. What does that mean? How you hear it, the measure of honor, respect, value the degree of that you you measure to what you're hearing from God directly determines the degree of anointing, blessing, help, fruit that you get out of it and whether you get more or not and how quickly and how much you get. Fair is not that everything be equally divided. Not according to God. According to God, if you value it, and treasure it. And do more with it. You should get more. Oh, that's right. That's right. Come on. How many think God knows what he's talking about? How many think. Yeah. Does the almighty know what's fair or not? Very right. good. Yes. Now I know that's. Not politically popular. <laughs> but. You and I are not of this world. That's right. We're in it. That's right. But we're not conformed. Amen. We're not conformed to ungodly viewpoints I want to see it the way he sees it I want to believe it that way and walk that way he that has to him will be given he that has not you should take from the guy that has (laughs) and give it to him because that would be fair not according to God to him that has not come on am I quoting the words of Jesus red letters what happens shall be taken even what he does have. Not only will he not get more, he's going to lose what he's got. Why? Because he doesn't or she doesn't value it. They don't value it. And anything you don't value and you don't appreciate and you're not faithful with, you're in danger of losing. Whether it's a person or a job or a place or a thing, with God, it's all the same. When I first started uh, working in uh, the healing school at Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry, man, he, he shared about how he had seen the head of the church, had a tangible anointing that he, he and other people could feel, and miracles that came out of that. And after a matter of time, they allowed me to be in the healing school, and he was gone a lot. Man, I felt inadequate. People are coming. I'm young. I was what? I'm 20 years old and uh, been in the ministry for months. <laughs> I really felt felt sorry for the people coming sometimes. I thought, Lord, you know, they, they don't need some young, wet behind the ears guy trying stuff out. They, these people got serious problems. They need help, you know. And when I realized, hey, this, this is my responsibility. Uh, nobody else is coming in this week. I mean, I need to get serious. And these people are, are, you know, have, they've been told you're terminal. You're not going to make it unless a miracle happens. And no need waiting on somebody else. So, man, I, I, I did some extra fasting and praying. I, I'd get in the speaker's room, stay there for hours sometimes and, and basically begging God for more anointing. Because I had seen that's the key. I can't heal them, but the anointing can do it. How many believe the Bible says the anointing destroys, yokes, and removes burdens? The power of God can do it. And so I said, I'm I'm basically pleading, Lord, give me some more anointing. Give me some more anointing. These people need help. Give me some more anointing. And I must have said that a thousand times over the course of those months. And uh, one day... I'm in the floor again, begging God for more anointing. (laughs) And uh, the Lord spoke to my heart. I don't mean to heard a voice, but inside he spoke to my heart. He said, faithfulness. Be faithful with what you have. I thought, I stopped praying and I, I thought, faithfulness. I'm just in there by myself, except for the Lord. And I said, Lord, I know faithfulness is important. And I'm going to do a study on it. (laughs) But we lay hands on people this afternoon. And what I could really use right now (laughs) is some more anointing. And so I just kind of went back into my religious gear and asking for more anointing. And he interrupted me. He said, faithfulness. Faithfulness. I thought. Okay, all right. I wasn't putting it together. Lord, I want to be faithful. I want to be faithful, and and I'll, I'll do it. I'll do an in-depth study <laughs> on faithfulness, and I'm going to find out what you're talking about here. But you know, in 30 minutes, I'm going to lay hands on these people, and what I could really use right now is more anointing. And just like that, he, he spoke to my heart further. I don't, I'm not hearing a voice now, but inside me, like he'll speak to any, any Christian if you learn how to listen. He, he helped me to see, he said, Brother Hagin, he said, do you think he started off with the anointing he's ministering in now? You've heard him talk about there were times when he'd just read Mark 16 to people, not feel a thing, not sense any kind of anointing or power, and people got healed. And you've heard him talk about, I mean, he's been doing this at that time. It was 40 something years. Do you think he started out where he is now? I thought, well, no, I've heard him talk about it. I know he didn't. And uh, he said this to me. He said, be faithful with what you have and I'll give you more. I'll add to you. Getting more does not come by begging for more. Now that's a revelation. Rick and how many Christians, that's all they're doing, is begging for more. That's not how more comes. And then he said this to me. I would never thought about this. He said, all of my children receive an anointing when they're filled with the Spirit. All of my children. Is that right? You know, we talked about it. Uh, you should know what it is, especially Sarasota Church. What's that anointing for? Anybody know? You shall be witnesses. Right? Is that a real anointing or not? He said, all of my children receive an anointing when they're filled with the Spirit. He said, many of them have done nothing with that anointing. Why would they need more? He said, be faithful with what you have. And I'll add to you. I'll give you more. I saw it. By his grace, I, saw, I sat up, I quit begging for anointing, and I didn't do that again. What I did do is I went to Matthew 10, and I went to Luke 9, and it said the Spirit of the Lord is on me. Amen. Luke 4, the Spirit of the Lord's on me because he's anointed me. And those passages say what that anointing is for. He's given me authority and power. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. To cast out every wrong spirit. Yes. And to heal every disease. And sometimes I'd sit there for 40 minutes. And just say that. The spirit of the Lord's on me. Yes. I'm anointed. Uh-huh. I'm anointed. Yes. Amen. <laughs> the spirit of the Lord is on me. Right. The anointing of the Lord is on me. Yes. And I'm hearing it. And I'm saying it. And then I'd get up and I'd tell them about it. Amen. Come on. Now yes. see. Are we talking about the same principle? What if they don't believe that? What if they think, yeah, I don't know about all that. Well, you're not going to be bothered with it. Brother Hagin told about how he had an experience. The head of the church touched his hands. He had an experience. Told him that healing anointing is there. But then before it was over, he told him this. He said, this will not work. The head of the church said, this will not work unless you tell the people Well, what faith comes by hearing, right? You tell the people, tell them you saw me, tell them what I said, tell them the anointing is there. And if they'll believe that, come on, do you hear that? See, it all comes back to faith. Even when you have a special experience, it comes right back to faith. If they'll believe that, then that anointing would affect healing and a cure. So whether it's the blessing, it's the word of God, it's healing, it's the anointing. How are you going to get more? Help me out, friends. How are you going to get more? Well, it didn't happen overnight, but over the course of time, months passed, and eventually years passed, and I just stayed right on that. I stayed right on that. I kept confessing it, saying it, believing it. I began to sense anointing here and there. Then I began to get a sense more, and in the process, the next couple of years, Brother LaHagan laid hands on me. Uh, once and then another time, in connection with that, and, and I didn't sense anything at the time. But the next time I ministered, I did. And then as the months passed and went, it got stronger and stronger and stronger. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And that anointing has been so strong. Sometimes, you know, I could hardly I could hardly see. It's like somebody was shining the light right in your eyes, and you just it's glorious. It's glorious. Hallelujah. And 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 if you'll believe it, and you believe it's real, and you'll open up your spirit to it, it'll shine on you too. And it'll minister to you too. And it'll manifest to you too. Yes. Thank yes. you, Lord. Yes. Glory to God. Thank you. Somebody say, I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. If you value these things, I know as far as being involved in the healing school there. I said this, but it'll bear repetition a couple of weeks ago. Brother Hagen announced that they were going to start that prayer and healing center. And they were going to train some people to minister in healing. And when he talked about it, I thought, oh, now that would just be, wouldn't that be the greatest thing you ever heard of? And I'd just been there for a few months. And I'm as green as green can be. I'm a student. And I turned around and I looked, there were hundreds of people across the, the, the place there. And I thought, well, yeah, I'm sure every one of them thought the same thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. But in the course of eight months or so, I was one of two selected to start the program. Now, many others came through later, but I, I was one of the first two. And later on, like I described, had more and more opportunity. Years later, the Lord brought that to my remembrance. He said, you turned around and said... Well, I guess everybody feels the same way. He said, everybody didn't feel the same way. What does that mean? The value is different. According to God, should everything just be evenly dispersed? No. Who should get more, according to him? Those who value it more. Those who use it and are more faithful with it. Quit begging for more. Do everything you know with what you got. Right? right? Be faithful with the opportunity, with the resource that you have right now. And if you're faithful, how many believe God is faithful? If you're faithful to honor him in what might seem like small things to some, can you count on that he's going to honor you? And one of the ways he honors you is by giving you more. Giving you more opportunity. Adding to you. Greater. Bigger. Stronger. Oh, somebody say, I believe, it, I, believe I believe it, I believe it. Mark 4:25. he said, to him that has, to him will be given. And to him that has not, what will happen to him? That's why some folks, just they just keep, they didn't have much and then they lost it. And people say, well, that ain't fair. How do you know? I said, how do you know? Is God real or not? Is he big or not? Could he get involved in their life and change some things? Could he? Again and again, the problem comes back to not valuing what he's already given you. Not appreciating it. Not receiving it. Not respecting it. Not using it. Don't blame God. Don't blame other people that have more. Let me ask you this. Do we all or do we not have the same source? Yes. Do we all have the same source? We do. Is it true that I don't care if you are living in a cardboard box and don't have a penny to get your next meal? If you look up from there and you call on God and you have enough respect for him that you do what he tells you to do, which likely will be take a job. Any kind of job. Any kind of job. And then do this. Go to church. Right? Go to church. Quit blaming everybody. Quit doing this. Do you believe, I don't care how dark and how low, could God bring you all the way out? Bring. It may not happen in a week or two or a month or two, but will God, I'm telling you, Phyllis and I come from poverty. I know what I'm talking about. I've seen it over and over and again. But if you think everybody owes you something, you're in trouble. Because God doesn't operate that way. If you think you're going to be pitiful and beg your way out of it or get mean and demand your way out of it, you may bluff some people and get some things temporarily, but you're never coming out. Because to really come out, you've got to have Help from on high. Yes. you got to have help from the Almighty. And he is the God that takes people from the dung heap. And sets them with princes. Amen. Amen. But it is not just equally distributed. According to need. It's according to faith. And faith is directly connected to honor. When God says something to you. And you treat it like a treasure. He speaks a word to your heart. And how many understand? If you value it and He gives you direction, how will we know you value it? We'll do it. You will do it. Yes. You'll do it. And if you don't do it, then you didn't respect it. Let's look at the words of Jesus that say this exact thing John 14. John 14 and verse 21. This thing has grown on me tonight. I thought I'd already be here. And I'm on point one B. <laughs> but we value his things. Is that right? We, do we have time for his things? We, we do. We do. We do. We value his words. Come on, somebody said out loud. I mean out loud where the person beside you can hear. God, Father, God, Father God I, value I value your things. Your words, your, words, your thoughts, your thoughts are, precious are precious to me. More precious than gold. More precious than gold. I, love your things, I love your things and I always, and I always have time for you. Have time for you. Hallelujah. You mean that? If you do, you know what's going to happen next, don't you? You're going to get more. It happens every time. You're going to get more. You're going to be added to. You're going to be promoted. You're going to be advanced. You're going to have more resources in your hand. But no matter how high the Lord might bring you up, at any time you get to the point where you become disrespectful, and you quit valuing it. You start taking things and people for granted. You start sloughing off. What will happen? Not only are you not going to get any more. You'll start losing what you got. Is that fair? Yes. <laughs> is God fair? Yes. Is that fair? Yes. It is fair. What he said is fair. To him that has. More, more will be given. To him that has not. Away. You're away even what he has. Jesus said. Uh, and uh, let's read this in Amplified. Put the Amplified up for me, please. Verse 21. Jesus said, the person who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who really loves me. How do we know who really loves him? The one that shouts the loudest that they love him. The one that can quote the most scriptures and praise the loudest. No, no, no. A lot of folks wish that were true. But how do you know who really loves him according to him? It's the ones... What what is His command? It's what He told you to do. It's the ones who do, not just talk about it, but do do what He said. And whoever really loves me, how do we know you really love Him? You do what He told you to do. If you do that, you'll be loved by my Father. That'll please the Father. And... I too will love him and will do what? Will show, reveal, manifest myself to him. I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. Is that God honoring you? That God becomes more real to you than he's ever been in your life. That you see and know things about him that millions on the planet have no clue. Does he do that for everybody? No, he does not. In fact, just keep your place right there. They'll bring us back. But Isaiah 45, 15 says, truly you are a God who does what? A God who does what? God is a God who hides himself? Yes. I thought he was a God who reveals himself. He is. He's both. You hear people sarcastically, defiantly say, Well, if God's true, let him prove it. Prove it to me. How about no? How about die ignorant? What? You don't know who you're talking to. In my few years of walking with the Lord, this is what I'm seeing more and more. Two or three years ago in particular, we started focusing in. Some of you that have been with us, you know this. I got revelation enough to pray and said, Lord, show me what's you and what's not you. He's been answering that prayer. And then beyond that, Lord, show us how to honor you. I want to know how to honor you beyond where I have. And in doing so, I'm getting more light of who he is and what he is. And every little bit more I see, he is so big. (laughs) He is so vast. And for a man or a woman that's been on the planet that long that don't know enough to cover the bottom of a thimble to get up and rail in God's face and go, show me! It's too stupid to answer. And the Almighty owes them nothing. They wouldn't exist unless He allowed it. And not just allowed you to live. How many understand... He has to sustain us every millisecond if he just if he just quit holding gravity. <laughs> huh? If he just the Bible said all things are held together by the word of his power. Why don't the planets just spin off into the regions of space? It's happening in some other regions. Why not the earth? We are sustained every millisecond. By him, and those who begin to know Him, they begin to realize who and what He is, and it affects you with a greater reverence. When you really begin to get in His presence, there are times, have you ever seen at the end of the day, maybe the sunlight streaming and those little specks, particles that are floating in the light? You feel like one of them at the base of the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> and you know that doesn't cover it either he is so vast and so big and so wonderful and and when you begin to realize that and you begin to act like that with him it opens up your life because those that value him and esteem him if you draw near to him what happens come on what happens he, he will respond to you but God is not insecure and he feels no need to prove to some scoffing blasphemer that he exists. If the scoffing blasphemer had an ounce of sense, he could look up in the night sky. Come on, are you listening? And realize there's something here so much bigger than I got an idea of. And until you can answer definitively what that is... How can you say it's not God? So to all those scoffers and blasphemers and unbelievers for the time being he hides himself from them. Because it's their choice. But if anybody anywhere wants to know him and is not just mouth and empty words but means business in their heart You and I can tell them exactly what will happen for them. Is that right? What happened to every one of us? Every one of us that genuinely, sincerely looked up and said, Lord, I believe in you. Come into my heart. I want you to be my Lord. Did he immediately, immediately become more real to you? Come on, are you listening? Did he immediately become more real to you than he had been before? Hallelujah. And you realize at that moment, you weren't waiting on him. That's right. <laughs> you weren't waiting. He's always been the same. He's always been there. You weren't waiting on him. It was just you finally decided to show some respect and act like who you're talking to. <laughs> right? <laughs> Keep reading there in John. Go back there. Verse 21, he said, I'll let my, the one that, that really loves me and does what I tell him to do. I will show myself to him. I'll let myself be clearly seen by him, make myself real to him. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, a different Judas. He asked him, he said, Lord, how is it that you reveal yourself, make yourself real to us and not to the world? Isn't that what we've just been talking about? Yeah. Right. right. How? And basically, Jesus said, I just told you. (laughs) (laughs) As if it don't sound the same. But he didn't say, I just told you. He just told him again. Jesus answered, if a person really loves me, what will he do? He will keep my word. He'll do what I tell him to do. And my father will love him. And we will come and move in with him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We will make our, our home, our abode with him. Anyone, verse 24, who does not love me, does not observe and obey my teaching, and the teaching that you've heard is not mine, but it comes from the Father who sent me. I've told you these things while I'm still with you, but the Comforter, now he tells us how he's going to do it. Yeah. How he's going to reveal himself to us and make himself more real. It's by the wonderful person of the Holy Spirit. By the comforter. The counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby. The Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name. He's going to teach you all things. He's going to cause you to recall everything I have told you. Anybody believe this? He's going to bring to your remembrance everything I've told you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I now give and bequeath to you. Not as the word. If you're experiencing His peace, are you experiencing Him? Is He being real to you? Yes. Yes. You're touching Him. You're in contact with Him. You're experiencing Him. We've been experiencing Him in this place tonight. His presence is here. Why? Because we're not out in the street cussing, denying that God exists. Come on, are you listening? And we didn't have more important things to do tonight than to come together and worship Him and honor Him and sit down with the Bible in our lap and say, God, talk to me. And I will appreciate it. Thank you. Huh? And those who do and those who will are going to find more about Him than people that don't. He's going to be more real to you than he is to other people. And other people can scoff and they think because God's not real to them at all, it proves that God doesn't exist. How ignorant. (laughs) But that's not how it works. Well, prove to me and I'll believe. Wrong. Believe and you'll find out. Believe and you'll find out. Show some respect. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, somebody say it again. Just lift your hand. Say, thank you, Lord. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we honor you. Lord, we glorify you. We magnify you. Thank you. You're so good to us. You're so wonderful. You're so holy. You're so awesome. You're so magnificent. So wonderful. So wonderful. Let me say this, these couple of things, then I want to just stand praise him and worship him some more. Have you read your Bible enough to know that there is a phrase that appears many, many, many times, and it talks about the fear of God or the fear of the Lord? If you've read your Bible at all, you've come across that phrase many, many times. That is not just an Old Testament phrase. Uh, Acts 9.31. They'll put it up on the screen for us. Acts 9.31. Is that New Testament? The church has had rest. Are we a part of that same church? Throughout Judea, Galilee, Samaria. They were edified. They were built up. How were they built up? Doing what? Walking in the fear of the Lord and, at the same time, in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And as a result, they were multiplied. The blessing is a producing effect in their life. The fear of the Lord is New Testament, too. In the book of Hebrews, in fact, turn there with me on that one. Hebrews 12. He describes, and maybe maybe later on, maybe next week, we'll see how the Lord leads, but he describes when God met the people on the mount and how he came down in fire. Hallelujah. And the people saw and heard the manifestation of God. And what happened is it scared them out of their wits. <laughs> And Hebrews is referring to this. Hebrews twelve and verse eighteen. It says, You are not come to the mount that might be touched and that burn with fire, not unto blackness and darkness and tempest. You couldn't even see that mountain because of the the whole thing was on fire. And out of the fire, God spoke. And they all heard it. And you know what they all said? The leaders came to Moses and said, please, please, you go talk to him. We are afraid if he speaks again, we will not survive it. They were so scared. And so Moses did. He went up and God just told him. Now I know immediately you start talking about that and people say, well, Yeah, but that's Old Testament and that's Old Covenant and we're New Testament and he's my pops. He's my daddy-o. He's the same God he was then. He didn't change. Our access to him has changed and our nature has changed. And it's wonderful, but he is no less awesome Amen. than he was then. And people who act so flippantly and overly casual about him are simply people who don't know him. That's right. That's right. Right. That's right. Amen. You can be born again and spiritually be a three-month-old, right. yeah. even though you're 75 years old in your body. And not have a clue who your father is. Doesn't mean you're lost. But people who know him at least a little bit. Have begun to see how big he is. How vast he is. In the New Testament right here it says. Verse 28 wherefore we receiving a kingdom that cannot be moved it talks about how that soon and very soon everything that can be shaken on this planet is going to shake right. yeah. and the earth is not going to survive it in its current condition the very atmosphere the very our breathable atmosphere is going to roll away like a uh, a scroll and fire is going to melt. The very surface of the planet. There's not even going to be any more oceans. When it's over. Evaporated I guess. But God's going to fix it. Yes, he is. <laughs> He's going to fix it. But he said. Wherefore receiving a kingdom. That cannot be moved. Let us have grace. Grace. Whereby we may serve God. Come on, New Testament. How are we going to serve Him acceptably? How? The only way you could have dealings with God the way you ought to is with reverence. And godly fear. Everybody say godly fear. Now, here's where we need to distinguish there's a devilish fear, and there's nothing in it but torment and panic. We've been delivered from that. Hallelujah. We don't have to live in tormenting fear. But that doesn't mean you don't have a godly fear. People say, well, that's just reverence. That's not talking about fear. No, look it up. It includes both to revere and to fear. But the Lord uses a word. What kind of fear? Godly. There's a godly. Let me help paint a picture for you. You're out picking berries in the wilds of Alaska. (laughs) Just having a great time and you hear a grunt and you look over and there's a 10 foot tall thousand pound Kodiak. Brown bear. And he's looking you dead in the eye. Now If you remember everything you've learned about walking by faith, you know you don't want to just panic and go into fear. But at the same time, how casual are you going to be? Next to this thousand pound behemoth, you can smell his breath from here. Are you going to be, ah, it's just a bear. (laughs) It's a bear. Nothing to worry about. No, you're not. It's going to take everything you got to get from squealing like a little girl <laughs> and to use your faith and believe God. Yeah. Let's say you're, you're out here swimming along in the Gulf, <laughs> just having a good time. And all at once you see a shadow over here, and you realize it's a 20-foot shark. What are you going to say? (laughs) Here, sharky, sharky. (laughs) Huh? (laughs) You're swimming along out in the Pacific. Just having a good time. Maybe paddle along on your surfboard. And you hear this sound and you look up. And it's a 300,000 pound, 90 foot long blue whale. And you wonder if he's got any idea that you're even there. Because if he moves his tail too close to you, you're done. How casual are you going to be about that? How casual? By casual, I mean showing or feeling no concern. No. Phyllis and I years ago were down in the place and a whale came up. Man, he must have been how far? A couple of football fields away, at least. And that was too close for me, buddy. I thought, wow, those things breach and come out of the water. Yeah, couple You never seen anything that big in your life. You're thinking, oh, we're too close. We're too close. We are way too close to this. And for you to chat and go, oh, yeah, blue whale, well, I'd go kiss him on the face." Yeah. I'd say, hey, Bluey, how you doing today? Yeah, you ain't been there. That's right. <laughs> you ain't been there. I don't say you have to panic and lose your mind and yield to wrong fear, but being in the presence of that kind of power and that kind of size and that kind of might is going to affect you. It's going to influence you. You're going to go <laughs> Ooh. How many know the one who made them yeah. right. is far bigger, yes. far stronger, far wiser, vaster, yeah. he is so big. And when you really you quit being religious and goofy yeah. and you really begin to get to know him, you don't become morbid, you don't become depressed. You're walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Ghost. Yes. Come on, can you see this? Yeah. Yeah. You know you don't have to be afraid that He's just going to blast you into nothingness. You know you don't have to be afraid that He's going to cause judgment to come on you because of your sin. Because that's already happened. It came on Jesus. Yes. Yes, it is. And you do have a right to come to the throne room. Amen. You're His very own child. And you can call him father. And he does call you child. But when you realize where you are. And who he is. It takes on another dimension. And you're just in awe. And when that reality begins to emanate from you. In showing him respect. You know what happens? What did he say? What did he say he's going to do? He's going to manifest himself to you and he tells you to do something and you say sir yes sir and you do it and you act like he is God and you act like your Lord really is your Lord and he is your boss and you do what he says. he did not have to explain it you just do it and you do it immediately you do it the best way you know how what's going to happen is God's going to become more real to you than he has ever been yeah. he's going to unfold and unveil what should happen when we see more of him our reverence should just come up some more. Is that right? When we step back and go, whoa. I thought he was big, but look at there. <laughs> Listen to that. Look at that. And you show even greater reverence and greater respect. What's going to happen next? You're honoring him. He's going to honor you. And you'll go, ha ha. Woo. And some folks you try to explain it to and they look at you like you are nuts. Because they don't believe it, they don't respect it, and so and you can't show it to them. If they won't respect it, there's no way you can explain it to them. There's no way you can show it to them. Because they have to decide to show respect themselves. Stand on your feet. We've prayed. We've asked the Lord. Let's exercise it some, and you can continue this and take this to the house. Take this to your bedroom. He never sleeps he never slumbers. He can minister to you while you're asleep. You can wake up in the middle of the night and realize his presence is there stronger than you've sensed it in 50 years. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He can fill up your car. Can't he? Thank you Lord. Just lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Lord we worship you. We extol you. We give you glory. We give you honor. Come on, sing to him. Out of your own spirit. Doesn't have to rhyme. Doesn't have to be something you know. Just sing out of your spirit. Oh, Lord, I worship you. Lord, I worship you. Lord, I worship you.